Well, here we are. We made it. Made it to Friday. Trying. Checking the watch, seeing what the delay is on the live stream. How long it is before the live stream hits. Before I, I say something and you guys hear it. Gotta worry about what that is. Because I want to see how long it is before you guys could respond if I ask you a question. That's important. Importante to me. Uh, you guys, you know it's Friday. It's Red Friday. Remember everyone deployed? I got my cup back. My red cup went missing for a little while, but it is back in safe hands. Contact me if you want to see how to get one of these cool cups or cool shirts. I'll let you know. Available, some of it's available on the swag store. Some of it you got to earn, earn. You can't just be given, can't go buy it. Some stuff you can't go buy, some stuff yeah. You got to find a way and earn it. Happy, happy Friday, Eric. Good to. Good to see. I think I need to. I was listening to Codec the other day. I was listening, to, listening the other day. It seemed a little loud. I was a little loud. I think I need to crank it back just a little bit. Crank it back a bit so it's not not coming through so loud. What do you guys think? Here's Paul. Good morning, Paul, sir. Good morning. Good to see you. Hopefully, hopefully all is good in your world. Um, Love when technology works. Technology doesn't always work. I'm seeing there different numbers of people everywhere, different numbers of things going on. Glad you're here. Glad you're here on a Friday. Uh, I got up this morning thinking, be a couple stories. We'll get a couple stories out. There's not going to be that much. And we ended up with five. Five for Friday. Five for fighting. It is. Uh, so that way we'll end the, week, end the week out. A lot of it, three of them. Three of them patches and updates, so I guess we can't worry about that too much. One of them is just talking about how, how terrible, how terrible Bluetooth can be at times. And uh, the last one is yet another, another chunk of ransomware out there for you guys. Another one to worry about. Um, that is, oh, Eric. There is some swag, some some apparel like this red shirt, this very red shirt. There's a box of them. Uh, they say Cyber Recon on the back shoulder, between the shoulder blades says Cyber Recon. And there's another one, the one I wore yesterday said RMFer. That's available too on the Swag Stop Swag, which is in the show in the links in the links, the show notes, the links, the whatever the down below down yonder, um, Cyber-Recon.com. Front slash swag if you want to get your swag stuff. That includes like this 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 red shirt. Red, red. Not red, red wine, but remember remember all those folks deployed. Remember everyone deployed. Folks out in harm's way doing things to keep us safe. Um that's what I gotta say. Uh, um I was checking checking the stats. Actually I wasn't checking the stats. I was checking the YouTube's last night to see if there's any comments, anything I need to respond to before I went to sleep, and I noticed our user count. You know, it's the count of of people that are subscribed. What I like to think of as our community. This is the size of our community. The community we're building. This this thing we're building that's going to help each of us get better in our daily day. Um, working the security securities out, making sure we're taking care of things. Take care of each other. So this, I thought, was kind of uh, just happened to catch it last night at this number. Channel analytics this is our current subscriber count one three three seven. Um, put a posted a post last night on YouTube as well. Um, you guys know there's there's this thing called Leet Speak. That's where you know the ultra cool hackers talk and they use threes instead of e's and sevens instead of t's and l's are, are ones that's what we got here leet speak uh 1337 is a special number in leet speak for all the hacker types out there for those folks doing pen testing and um 
This is leet. Leet. It's the it's the word leet. What is this? Verified Chapo. My friend got his. What is this? Friend got his Instagram account activated and hacked. They texted me talking about a hundred thousand from the government. Hmm. Was that like spam? Verified Chapo. Is that was that like a spam message or were they trying to do some kind of uh, ransomware? We definitely are talking about. Um, Speaking of Instagram, Instagram's on the on the list today. Um, we'll be talking about Instagram. So I thought it was funny that we hit leak last night. Uh, today we've went past it a little bit. The community, the the us, the us, the the collective keeps growing, and that's a good thing. The more people we have, the more people we can have answers to things. I don't have all the answers. I want to facilitate all the answers. I want to put the right people together. Uh, it's more people to be mentors. That's more people looking for mentors. I got a request if you are watching and you put a request in for a mentor. Um, I'm going to get to you. I, I saw that come through yesterday. Um, ah, trying to get personal information. Yeah. Fishing, man. Trying to get that, that PII. Trying to get it. Um, we always, always have to be on the lookout for that stuff. Um, and hacked. <laughs> Talking about a hundred grand from the government. Oh, <laughs> interesting. So, I'm I'm not sure what attack that was. Maybe just a target of opportunity. Verified Chapo. Uh, target of opportunity. They got a hold of that Instagram account and thought maybe they'd make some quick cash. Ola, uh, maybe it's maybe. Maybe it's what happened there. So I thought it was cool. We hit elite status and, and beyond. So we are all, the collective of us, is beyond elite now. We've went beyond elite. Um, that's it. It's Friday. There are lots of good things that happen on Fridays. Like, we get ready for the weekend. Uh, so hopefully you got good things planned for this weekend. I always say that. I always say, I hope you guys have good plans for the weekend. They do. It's long. You put a lot of hours in, a lot of work, get into the weekend. So let's do fun things. So, what we got on the list today? We got some patches. We got some vulnerability in Bluetooth. We got a new new type of ransomware, fairly new. And then we got our weird uh, offbeat holiday of the day. So let's get the intro going. We'll start talking about the news. Do, do, do. First up today, Cisco is on the patch list. Uh, 29. They're calling it Cisco Patch Palooza. 29 high severity bugs. Um, 29 high severity. Wow, Cisco. Um, oh, that's, really? that's crazy. Oh, really? Need to fix something over here. Always need an engineer, man. 29 vulnerability, Cisco. No effing way. Yeah, no effing way, man. Cisco System released a barrage of patches Thursday aimed at fixing bugs in the network giant's ubiquitous iOS operating system. The patches plug holes in a wide range of products and address the denial of service file overwrite and input validation attacks. The advisory is planned as part of Cisco iOS and iOS XE Software Security Advisory Bundled Publication. This is an article from Threat Post. 29 of the Cisco bugs are rated high severity with 13 rated medium. Uh, most net worthier number of vulnerabilities opening door for remote unauthenticated attackers to execute arbitrary code on target systems. Two of the CVEs tracked as CV 2020, 3421, and 3480 are both tied to a flaw in Cisco's zone-based firewall. Multiple vulnerable quotes, quote here, multiple vulnerabilities in zone-based firewall feature of the Cisco iOS XE software 
could allow unauthenticated remote access and cause device to reload or stop forwarding traffic through the firewall. Obviously, this, um, you know, when you stop forwarding traffic through the firewall, normally that's a denial service. So we get remote a remote code ac ac remote code execution and denial of service stuff going on here. Um, yeah, Alex, you're right. Twenty nine. Yeah, just round it up and call it thirty. And that's not all of the patches, though. You know, it's twenty nine that are high, and thirteen that are medium. They don't say how many lower informational are in there. Oh, come on, Cisco man. 13 married at medium severity. Call local and adjacent attacks. Bugs open to exploit by local and adjacent unauthenticated users also peppered the list of CVEs. For example, one flaw tracked as CVE 2020-3417 impacts any Cisco hardware running the Cisco iOS XE software that allows authenticated local attacker to execute arbitrary code on target hardware. The vulnerability is due to incorrect validations by the boot scripts with specific ROM monitors or ROM mon variable set. Attacker could exploit this vulnerability by installing code on a specific directory in an underlying operating system and setting a specific ROM mon variable. A successful attacker could allow uh, a successful exploit could allow an attacker to execute persistent code on the underlying operating system to exploit this vulnerability. The attacker would need access to the root shell of the device or have or have physical access to the device. So there are some, some mitigations in place, but we always worry about these things. It's the fact that they're there, these vulnerabilities are there, and even if there are a second or a third wave of attack or phase of an attack on a network, we want to stop that. We want to have this layered defense. We don't want to have gaps in, in our defense as, as we move through the through the infrastructure. Cisco is huge. Cisco's gigantic. Cisco is so many places. So if you got Cisco, okay, Cisco on your network, you're the security person, you're the risk person, you're the cyber person, go to work today. Got Cisco, make sure they're patching this thing. Patch Thursday, came out yesterday. Seven year cycle, patch cycle, get these things fixed. Make sure there's mitigations. Make sure your IDS IPS is looking for these bugs, for these bugs. Make sure that you're, you're looking for them. Got an eye out for this stuff. Cisco's everywhere, guys. Uh, obviously, so much of the, like an iOS, iOS is a, a Millions of line of code. So it's easy to miss something. But that's why these vendors have to stay on top of these things. Stay on top of these things, keep them patched. It's your environment. It's a couple things you need to do. You're probably not going to be able to patch it today. Patches came out yesterday. Probably your network folks aren't going to be able to patch it today. So see if there's mitigations you can put in place. And see if you can set your network monitoring gear, your, your IDS, your IPS, those kind of things to look for the signatures. I would, if you're using Snort or something like that, see if there's a Snort signature out there. Whatever IDS, IPS you're using, go see if there's a signature that can look for these things. So you can see them coming in at least. If they're inbound, they're going for your de devices. Um, make sure you have them. Yeah, it attacks the firewall, zone-based firewall feature of Cisco's iOS XE software. Allow an unauthenticated remote attacker to, attacker to cause the device to reload or stop forwarding traffic through the firewall. Bad juju, man. That's the unauthenticated user. Wait for Alex's comment to come through. A little delay, delay on the YouTubes today. 29 patches for Cisco, yet Cyber Recon did not need to release any patches this week. That's why I use Cyber. Yeah, we have released zero patches this week for our our, our vast suite of software. <laughs> Thank you. I know Alex always gives the positive spin on things. Um, and we're also low on calories and vitamin fortified here at Cyber Recon. Um, not to release any patches this week. That's why I use Cyber Recon for all my cyber needs. <laughs> ah, Alex, that's awesome. 
That is awesome. Wireshark's in the news too. There's so they, this is the new this is the new wire. If you guys have been around a while, this is probably not the Wireshark logo you're used to, but this is the new Wireshark logo. This is the new. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, now you're not seeing it. It just looks like a looks like a sail from a sailboat on a blue background. Wireshark three. Point two point seven was released with a fix for security vulnerabilities and an updated version of MPCAP and QT. Wireshark is known as the world's most popular protocol analyzer. I agree with that. Um, it's used for troubleshooting, analysis, development, and education. Used by network administration administrators to troubleshoot network uh, and by security analysts to analyze the and examine packets. So what we're getting here is we're getting a new version of NPCAP and a new version of N, of, of QT, right? Um, NPCAP, the packet capture uh, library for Windows, uh, PCAP, kind of PCAP in the other world if you're in Linux, PCAP. NP, NPCAP is the Windows version. Um, cool, that just helps. That allows us to be able to analyze the traffic on Windows. Got to have that or Wireshark won't work. And Qt is a widget tool for creating graphical interfaces. So I'm going to assume that since Qt has been upgraded, we're going to see uh, new features, new new graphical features in Wireshark. I'm just guessing. That's just my guess. I haven't seen anything new on it. If you don't know Wireshark, you know we talk about some of the the critical tools you have to know in security. I'm talking if you're network security, I'm talking if you're an ISO, I'm talking if you want to get into pen testing or security control and um, assessment. Uh, I think any of the fields in security, you know, security has a ton of of specialties you can go into. Any specialty, I think you're going to need to know Wireshark. So put Wireshark on your list if you're new. If you're new, if you're looking for, for you know, that list of things you need to know, Wireshark is definitely right on the top of the list. Wireshark and Maps should be the first things you learn after you learn things like, you know, learn your operating system, you learn Windows, learn Linux. Um, then jump in Wireshark, great, great tool. Um, used by good guys, bad guys, network admin, security folks, uh, all kinds of folks. So many things you can do. So what else fixed here? There's some security vulnerabilities fixed in Wireshark. Some CVEs, 2020s. Uh, 25863 is a MIME multi-part uh, dissector crash fix. Uh, 25862 is a TCP decoder crash fix. Uh, 25866 is a BLIP dissector crash. Uh, by exploiting the vulnerabilities, that attacker can crash Wireshark by injecting malformed packets on the wire or by convincing someone to read a malformed package trace file. So if we can, you know, if we know, if we know the bad guys there, if we know uh, network admin is trying to see what we're doing as a bad guy. Uh, if they could inject a bad packet, they could possibly get Wireshark to crash, and then it's going to take longer for that network admin, security admin, to figure out what's going on on the wire. Um, a lot of bugs have been found. A lot of vulnerabilities found by Wireshark. A lot of times you can see, you know, in the in the bad old days of Wi-Fi. When everyone used web and we'd use the, so the, the, the same key, imagine that, kids, if you will, uh, security by using the same encryption key. Everything's encrypted, but everything's encrypted with the same key. So if you go to a hotel back in the bad old days, the hotel would have encryption like web, but everyone would be using the same encryption key. So you could pretty much read everyone's traffic. And in, ca in cases when, <laughs> believe this, if you will, I know some of you guys, some of you young folks won't believe this, some wireless networks were set up with no encryption on them at all, just wide open networks. And if you got on one of those, you could fire up Wireshark and you could see everything going across the network. Crazy as it sounds. Uh, Wireshark can sit, you can sit on a span port or you can sit on some inline and read people's traffic if, if it's not encrypted, if it's not protected correctly, Wireshark can reassemble web pages. It's a cool tool. Um, you can read, you'll see an, like, an HTTP traffic will come up. You right click on that bad boy and you say follow stream and it'll recon reconstruct everything. Great, great tool. Wireshark is an awesome tool. So if you're in security, 
Put that on your list if you don't know it yet. I know a lot of you folks have been around. Old hat at Wireshark. Um, definitely, definitely a good thing. Eric saying, good point, Alex. No security patches from CyberEcon. None at all. Uh, this is an interesting story from about Instagram, from about uh, in line with Instagram. Um, there was a flaw in the MOZ JPEG, open source J JPEG encoder. So this, in, as you can guess, is, is, is impacting Instagram. Um, this is our story. Who's hack, uh, Hacker News? The Hacker News. Ever wonder how hackers can hack your smartphone remotely? Starts the article. In a report shared with Hacker News Today, Checkpoint Research disclosed details about a critical vulnerability in Instagram's Android app that could have allowed a remote attacker to take control over a targeted device by sending a victim specially crafted images. What's more worrisome is the flaw not only lets the attackers perform actions on behalf of the user within the Instagram app, so you could post pictures, take pictures down, that kind of stuff, and including spying on victims' private messages or even deleting or posting photos from their accounts, but also execute arbitrary code on the device. So break out of the Instagram app and actually do things to the actual physical device. So that's a bad one. According to the advisory published by Facebook, you know, the people that own Instagram, a heap overflow issue tracked as CVE 2020-1895 score is a 7.8 out of 10. Impacts all versions of the Instagram app prior to 128.0.0.26.128, which was released on February earlier this year. And you may wonder why we're talking about this old, old CVS. Um, score, uh, CVE, CVS, I'm looking at the CVS score. Um, the CVE with a, this fairly high score um i'm not gonna go too much in the details of the of the flaw because generally it's been fixed um it was discovered by fuzzing it and it's buff a heap overflow so we can overflow data into another part of the application um my big thing on this one is that this thing was fixed like six months ago but nobody talked about it. It was quiet. It was silent. Um, yeah, and it was on, intentionally silent. This is what we call security by obscurity. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to obscure the thing. Um, here in the article, the flaw turns a device into a tool for spying on targeted user without their knowledge, as well as enabling malicious manipulation of their Instagram profile. Um, and the reason it does that is because if it does do the heap overflow and you get access to the device, you could turn the camera and the microphone on. In either case, the attack could lead to a massive invasion of users' privacy, privacy, that it could affect reputations or lead to security risks that are even more serious. Obviously, they post are posting stuff that is malicious or scandalous, then obviously that's how we can hurt reputations. Or we turn the camera and the microphone on at inopportune times and post that stuff to the webs. After the findings were reported to Facebook, the social media company addressed the issue with a patch update that was released six months ago. The public disclosure was delayed all this time to allow the majority of Instagram users to update the app, thereby mitigating the risks this vulnerability may introduce. Although Facebook confirmed that there were no signs the bug was being exploited globally, the development is another reminder of why it's essential to keep apps up to date and be mindful of the permissions granted to them. Obviously, you know, now iOS devices are going to say, here's all the data your this app is going to ga gain. Uh, Android apps kind of done that for a while. One thing's funny here is this thing was released. The patch was the patch went out six months ago. And they were silent all this time, and now they're saying how bad it was. And it's that security by obscurity. They didn't want anybody to know how bad the bug was. But my my kind of heartburn on this is 
when they released the patch, they didn't state that there was a critical fix in the patch. They didn't talk about this critical vulnerability. 7.8, high, I'd say high. High vulnerability, 7.8, I'd stand. It's probably not critical, but it's high. It's gonna give remote access to the microphone and camera, so that's bad. Definitely a bad thing. So, I understand. I understand they fixed it. I understand why they did it. But if I'm the security admin, let's say I'm, I'm at, at an organization and we use Instagram as one of our tools. I'm going to look at the patch and we say, okay, nothing critical in this patch set. Let's get it scheduled for the next 90 days or whatever. Not knowing that this critical vulnerability was in there. So that's my point. I guess the point for you guys, for every, for all of us, is when these patches come out, when we see there are updates that have to be made to our software, go ahead and update those. I know a lot of organizations say, okay, if it's critical, you got like a week to fix it. If it's high, you got like a month to fix it. If it's moderate, you have like three months to fix it. And if it's low or informational, maybe you got a year to fix it or you can fix it whenever you want. A lot of people have these tiered structure for how quickly we install patches. We may look at a, a rollout and say, oh, it's just moderate patches. So we'll fix it when we get to it. We'll fix it in the next three months. But in there may be one of these things that the company's not disclosing that they want to get updated. So regardless of the impact level, obviously fit into your day. You've got so many things to do, but fit into your day, get things, things patched as quickly as possible. If you got 90 days, doesn't mean you have to wait 90 days to fix it. If you can patch it for sooner, patch it sooner. Um, and that's what I was thinking about this, this article. Um, the patch came out. You might have said, hey, these are all moderate. Or maybe even said, these are all low-rated updates. So oh, I'll get to them when I get to them. But there's un, in lying in this is this, is this critical patch is high, high vulnerability. And I'm not just saying for Instagram, I'm saying across the board. I'm saying Microsoft could do this, Cisco could do this, you know, um, Apple Apple could do this, any of the vendors could do this. They could, you know, there's, they look, they go, okay, it's not being exploded in the wild, wild, so let's just put it out there, let's get it patched. We'll kind of try to stay under the radar and get this thing patched before anybody notices it, right? Another thing we should do when we have these mobile apps is monitor permissions. And think twice about approvals. Um, do I really want to give this application all of these approvals? To, you know, it's going to say, hey, in this case, Instagram, you know what Instagram's going to do. It says, hey, Instagram wants access to your microphone. Instagram wants access to your camera. But if you're using a, a, a game and the game says, hey, the game wants to use your, your camera and your, your microphone, you should say, why? Why does this game need to have access to my microphone and camera? Think about it before you just click through. And that's really that's really not aimed at you guys. That's aimed at your friends, your families, your coworkers, you know. Let them know. Hey, when they're installing these apps, when they're giving these apps permissions to their phones, they could be could be giving them more than they need. Uh, just think about just think about what permissions you're giving them. Because it's good for good for the attacker. They get this tool on there, you know. And for the normal user, maybe they're just gonna try to spy on you and see if they can get some swanky pictures or listen to you saying something. But if it's on a, a celebrity, that vulnerability goes up. And if they can override different parts of your phone and get to your banking account or get to other things, other information, of course that's that's even worse, even worse, guys. So keep your stuff updated. Monitor permissions. And think twice about what you're approving. You know, do they? You know, when you when you're installing that app and they don't really need access to the microphone, don't give them access to the microphone. Microphone. Don't you do it? Don't you do it? Um, big old article. This is your longest article from Dark Reading. It's in your show notes. Let's summarize this one. Um, September 9th, Blue Tomb Special Interest Group, or SIG issued a statement regarding two papers released by university researchers that describe ways of undermining the security of paired Bluetooth devices in specific circumstances. Last month, the workshop 
on offensive technologies. Love that workshop. It's called Woot um, Conference. A group of researchers from Purdue, the Boilermakers, um, also showed off several weaknesses that could allow attackers to spoof a device that had been previously paired to a Bluetooth low energy protocol. And uh, in May, researchers presenting at the IEEE Symposium uh, Security and Pri Privacy Show showed off a similar attack that abuses a flaw in the specifications to allow impersonation of paired devices. So essentially, there's, they're uncovering, because Bluetooth is so complex, there's vulnerabilities that allow people to pretend they're a device that was previously paired to your phone and possibly do nefarious things, pull data off or, or run uh, arbitrary code. Uh, it used to be difficult to research Bluetooth because hardware the hardware was closed and tightly controlled. Uh, this is a guy named Oren. Uh, recently, it's been used, getting much easier to hack Bluetooth because you don't need customer radio platform or special technical skills. I don't know if you, you probably do need special technical skills. Nice thing about this article, it links to three different attacks. The Bluetooth low energy spoofing attack the Bluetooth impersonation attack, and B-L-U-R, blur tooth. So if you want to read more about these attacks, you obviously can. Um, so really, they're using the ability for your phone to remember devices that have been connected in the past to connect to your device. Um, Using these attacks, you can impersonate Bluetooth, Bluetooth devices, inject data into connections between Bluetooth devices and their controllers. Uh, for example, fool a motion detector, take devices offline, or make them unusable until you reboot them. All of the attacks assume physical proximity so they can't be launched across the internet. But certainly, if your adversary can get near you, you should be careful. So obviously, these are going to be very, very targeted attacks. Or, on the other hand, they may be targets of opportunity. Somebody's hanging out at a coffee shop, and they just are bored, and they want to do something silly, so they can do this. Um, article goes on to say, unfortunately, it has been, uh, unfortunately, as it has been with previous Bluetooth bugs, Sysadmins face a nightmare of attempting to patch all vulnerable devices. And that's only if there's a patch available. It's also unfortunate that standard users of mobile and other devices will not patch their devices uh, if and when a patch comes available. Do you ever talk to your friends about patching their Bluetooth? Have you ever looked at your Bluetooth to see if it needs to be patched? Um... You know, a lot of times, a lot of times, like iOS and Android device will tell you when there's patches that are available. The problem they're having here, the problem these guys are saying is, you know, the community at large, these are pretty, pretty heavy hitters. IEEE, Purdue, there's some pretty hit, you know, groups that are specifically focused on Bluetooth, a Bluetooth special interest group. Um, these folks are saying it's hard. These folks that folks that know Bluetooth really well are saying it's hard to patch Bluetooth. It's hard to keep Bluetooth secure. Um, we use Bluetooth all the time. Everyone with one of these smartwatches is more than likely using Bluetooth. Um, I remember back in yeah back in the early days, Bluetooth was yeah cool. What you'd be able to connect a mouse to a computer, good, good deal, good on you. You can put headphones will connect to your head connect to your phone, awesome. But now there's a myriad of devices. So many things use Bluetooth. Um, heck, the 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 um, Philips Hue light bulbs now have Bluetooth radios in them, along with the other radios. Um, so yeah, we have to worry about Bluetooth. We have to patch and update things. You know, think about it. It's funny, and I think I talked about them when we talked about we talked about those Philips Hue light bulbs. We're at a day and age where you have to think about 
patching and updating your light bulb. Think about that 10 years ago. I got to patch my light bulbs. Got to run an update on my light bulbs. Crazy as that sounds. Um, so yeah, that's what we're saying here. Keep Bluetooth, be aware. Um, I know a lot of people do this. When you connect a device, you, know, you go through all the pairing and then you don't use that device anymore. Maybe you get rid of it. Maybe you just, it, it gets old and you get something new. Go into your Bluetooth settings and forget that device. Um, usually that's, that's what iOS says, forget the device. That reduces your attack surface. If you only have three or four Bluetooth things, uh, it's harder for the bad guy to get in, right? They're going to have to use one of those three or, three or four things. And if you're if there are three or four things that you constantly use, like maybe, maybe you've got headphones and a Bluetooth watch and that's all that you connect to your phone and they're always connected, then it makes it really hard for the bad guy to get in that way. So reduce your attack surface by, you know, getting rid of those. It's the same old story we always say. If you're not using it anymore, take it off the system. Same thing with apps. If you're not using those apps anymore, get them off there. Take them off there. Delete them. Remove them from your phone, your tablet, your computer, your laptop, whatever. Um, craziness, craziness. Ugly, ugly locker is up. Um, so our last big story of the day. Mount Locker Ransomware joins the multi-million dollar ransom game. We've talked about this before. Ransomware will continue to proliferate as long as people are paying ransom. And in my opinion, in Jim's opinion, this is not the official opinion you should stand on, as long as they keep their MO, their modus operandi, the same where they steal the data and then they encrypt the data, it is hard for corporations to not pay the ransom. It's not that I don't want them, it's not that I want them to pay the ransom. I know that if people stop paying the ransom, ransomware attacks will go down. That's just the you know supply chain economics, right? So as long as people are paying the ransom, as long as they're using the same techniques, more and more people will get into the ransomware game. So a new ransomware operation named Mount Locker is underway stealing files before encrypting them and then de demanding multi-million dollar ransom. Starting around the end of July 2020, Mountain Locker began breaching corporate networks and deploying their ransomware. Great! Thanks, ransomware! Another player in the game. From ransom notes shared with bleeping computer victims on the Mount, the Mount Locker gang is demanding the Mount... I'll try. Hold on. Thank you, Illy Coffee. Uh, from ransom notes shared with bleeping computer by victims, the Mount Locker gang is demanding multi-million dollar ransom payments in some cases. So you wonder what they look like. I'm going to take make this bigger. Here we go. Hey, thank you for contacting us. Uh, at least they're polite. You can get your decrypted files back and we'll keep your private information in secret. Just one thing is necessary, only one thing, guys. You have to pay two millions in Bitcoin uh, regarding uh, the instructions we'll provide you on demand. Uh, please note, all your attempts to decrypt files, change them, can change them, can cause unpredictable damage to your information. We hope we can reach an agreement as soon as possible. Uh, in case you won't make payment, your information will be made public. Your clients and business partners can be involved in a huge scandal and lose sensitive data. This is an example that was provided by the article, obviously in the show notes, if you want to look at it. So this is what they're saying. So two million bucks and they've got your data, right? So now you're at a point so if they're going if this if this attacker is going after two million bucks, they know the person they attack, the organization they attack, attacked, has the ability to pay two million dollars, uh, or else they wouldn't they wouldn't 
ask for that. Big, big payoff. So for encrypting the files, Mount Locker will also steal unencrypted files, threaten victims that the data will be published if the ransom is not paid. Kind of the standard, the standard template that May is set. For example, Mountain Locker told one victim they stole 400 gigabytes of their data. If they're not paid, they will contact the victim's competitor, the media, TV channels, and newspapers. I think that last, all those last things are the media. Uh, ultimately, the victim did not pay, and their data was published to the leak site. I think there's a... I didn't, I didn't put the copy of the leak site. Not much to see. Uh, Mount Locker news and leaks, announcements, and partial dumps. You go out there and see. Uh, leak data, the leak site currently lists four victims um, with only one having files leaked. So that means the other three of the four victims either haven't paid yet or already paid the money um, and their files are not going to be released. A lot of times I have conversations with people that say, okay, if you pay the money, what's to stop them from actually leaking the files anyway? And really the only thing that's stopping them from doing it is that once they do that one time, that threat goes away. Right. Once they release the files one time after they've collected the money, then that that threat of releasing the files, you know, go the, the ability to get the money for that goes away. Because if they're going to release the files anyway, what's the point in paying the money? So as long as they continue to not release the breached files for organizations that pay, they will continue to go down the track of getting paid for this. Because that's really what they want. They don't want to breach. They, their goal is not to release the files. They don't care about releasing the files. They pair, get, care about getting the money. That's what they care about. So as long as they follow this path of you give me the money, I don't release the files, that becomes a valid way out for organizations that get caught in ransomware, right? Um, it was only recently that Malware Hunter team discovered a sample of the Mount Locker which allowed us to get a bit more insight on how the ransomware operates. Michael Glipsy, who analyzed ransomware, told Bleeping Computer, uh, Mount Locker uses ChaCha20 to encrypt files and embed an RSA 2048 public key encryption uh, encrypted. Uh, that's the, the, the so RSA 2048-bit encryption key is what they're using to encrypt this. Huge key. A gigantic key. Uh, from our analysis when encry encrypting files, the ransomware will add an extension to the format .manual.id. Uh, for example, one.doc would get an encryption name one.doc manual.c77bff8c as shown in the encryption file below. They show a little picture of that. Uh, the ransomware will register the extension in the registry. At registry, so when you click on the encrypted file, it will launch the ransom note. Whoops, that's not the ransom note. That's the ransom note. And it's just a, a text document telling you what to do, um, where to go. And they have a channel that you can go talk to them to negotiate payment. Um, to run things across Tor uh, so that they can, can get it. Tor is simply a chat service that they're using to, ne to negotiate the ransomware or ask questions. Um, unfortunately, the ransomware is secure and there's no way to recover your files for free. Sometimes some people will figure out how to decrypt these things. They'll publish, publish keys, decryption keys that will allow you to decrypt some of these ransomware attacks. In this case, they're locking your files up. They're locking your files up and you're not going to get to them. So the way to get around that is have a, you know, our 3-2-1 plan. 3-2-1 plan for backup to help mitigate these ransomware attacks is three copies of your backup. So back your cr critical stuff up three different way, different different times, different ways on two different types of media and having one of them at, offline, at least one of them offline. So we've got to have backups. And if they don't steal your data... And you have backups. You can tell them not to, you're not going to pay the money. You're just going to recover your data yourself and go back to work. Um, so you got it. The first part of this is have good backups. 
The second part is don't let the bad guy in the first place. And we know currently, uh, everything I've read, there's three main ways they're getting in and, and causing these ransomware attacks. Uh, one is open RDP sessions or RDP connections on the internet, on the network. Two is VPN software that is not patched and secure. And three is social engineering, right? Now, under that is a whole bunch of other different ways. If you have um, software that is not patched and it's it can be reached from outside that allows remote code execution, you're done there too. So there's a bunch of ways underneath those three main ways. But those are the three main attack vectors we're going to talk about. You know, that, that that's how they're getting in. The three main ways they're getting in, that's the three main ways they're getting in. There's a bunch of other ways too. So once you... Once you fix those first three, they're going to go for other stuff. So we got, it's a continual game of continuously patching, continuously updating, continuously securing our networks, following good security hygiene. If you follow all the good security hygiene, like yesterday we talked about the new 853 revision 5 came out. If you implement the controls that are required for your level of risk, most of these attacks go away. That's why I'm a big proponent of the RMF. The RMF is nothing more than a framework to implement controls through the SDLC and then through the system's lifecycle, through O&M. That's why I like it. It's simple. And then we take and we tie it to the NIST control catalog, 853, and that gives us the correct controls to implement to secure our system based on its level of risk, right? So if we have risky systems, they get more controls applied as you'd expect. If you have less risky systems, if you have less sensitive systems, they get less controls applied. That's balancing security and risk. That's what it's all about, guys. That's what it's all about. So that's, that's our locker. We got, we got through all those. Today, today is National Comic Book Day, right? Is that your water cooler talk? I know we, we missed that yesterday. We missed the uh, water cooler holiday. National Comic Book Day is a super cool day. Share a comic book with a friend today. This is different than Free Comic Book Day. That's in May sometime. Um, don't know anyone who doesn't like a good comic book. Comic books are great for reading. Um, a bunch of stuff you can do. I put a link in there that talks about Comic Book Day. What I want to know, what I want to know from you guys, tell me this. Drop a comment below. Generally, people fall into two groups people fall into the dc group or they fall into the marvel group when we're talking about comic books are you a fan of dc comics or are you a fan of marvel comics and if you like both which one do you like more do you like capes that's dc or do you like non-capes that's marvel in my or, uh yeah marvel in my book so that's what we got going on. You guys, if you want to listen to this, obviously if you want to listen to this without the video, you can go get it on uh, your normal podcast environment, iTunes, Stitcher, Amazon, wherever. Um, but do, if you can, join us in the morning. It's going to be awesome if you could join us in the morning. Be part of the conversation. I want to hear what you guys got to say. Um, if you can, subscribe, share with your friends, like, comment, comment today. Let me know what you think of Ransomware. What do you think about these patches? What do you think about Marvel and DC? Marvel or DC, which one is it? Which world do you live in? Marvel or DC? Um, anyways, take care of each other. Take care of your friends, family, coworkers. Have a good, good weekend. And as the Bravos are going to tell you, go get some. And we'll see you on Monday morning, bright and bright early, uh, 7.30 a.m. East Coast time. We'll see you then. Oh, we got a late breaking story here. Alex and I were speaking yesterday and brought to my attention CNA changed to SNA. Want to make sure Al I heard Alex correctly. Yeah, certification and accreditation went away when RMF came out, um, and it still it still hangs around. Um, I don't personally, I you know. The folks that built RMF wanted people to call it RMF. 
Um, it really did. Uh, a lot of people use A and A, assessment and authorization. S and A. I'm not sure, Alex. What 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 is S and A? I've I'm not used that one. Is it security and authorization or what's S and A? I'll hang out because I know there's like a a little bit of a delay. Um, I have not used the term S and A. If if this new one, I'd you know that's why that's why it's great to talk to you guys because there's stuff that I don't know that I'd love to pick up too. And I don't know. Hopefully, Alex hasn't dropped off because I know we're closing up. S and A or A and A. I'm gonna hang out one little bit here because I know it takes a while to get out and get back across the interwebs. I don't know. Looks like we'll follow up with that, Eric. I always, always go since RMF comes out. Since RMF came out, I have tried to follow the, the party line and call it the RMF. The RMF process. Some places don't go with go for that. Um, they want a shorter term. Uh, the shorter term I've always used is A and A, which is assessment and authorization, which are really the two big pillars in the RMF process. You know, we do everything from a system owner's perspective up to getting the system ready, and our first hurdle is getting that assessment done. Our second hurdle is getting our authorization. Right, so I, that's what we've always called it, assessment and authorization, or A and A. S might be security and authorization. Yeah, CNA has gone away though. The old original four-step process that was 837 before revision one was certification and accreditation. So we certified a system and then someone accredited it. That was the two kind of fit two steps it was four-step process but there was kind of two chunks we certified it to being in line with the controls and secure and then we um, accredited it now it's uh, assessed and authorized we'll have to get back I guess it's it's um Alex may have dropped off already. So we'll get back to you, Eric. We'll owe you that one. I think it's A&A. Maybe I, may, if it is s and I'd love to we'll talk about that on Monday, I guess. We didn't talk about 853 today, but we'll put that pin on that one. We'll talk about that Monday as well. That'll bring it right back around to this topic. Eric, if we fall off that topic, we forget to talk about it on Monday, please bring it back to our attention. Um, cool. All right, and that that will take us to the bottom of the bottom of the show. You guys be good out there. We'll see you Monday. Like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends. Love to hear you find out if you like Marvel or if you like DC. That would be cool to find out. We'll see you on Monday, guys.